Today. Today. Yes, today. Today. <laughs> Today's podcast is about genetics versus hard work. Yes, but, but first, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. <laughs> Look at this. Happy like, Independence Day. I think we did happy a good birthday, job. Happy birthday, America. Yes. Look at this. Happy birthday, so America. These reversible jackets, though. Yeah. So you're wearing the reversed of mine. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. and we're, We know, have a lot of the team will have these jackets already and they're gonna be like oh wait i can wear a reverse cool. <laughs> they just found out right i feel like with that reverse side you can actually wear that like with like an outfit outfit too not just yeah. like because of like on non-team occasions or something Does yeah makes sense like you can make something of it too it's pretty fun i love mm -hmm. the headband yeah. reminds me of will ferrell in that semi-pro movie when you were in that headband like that really yeah. i feel very 80s today. yeah i think it's because <laughs> of the really Blue eyeshadow too, very eighties. Yeah, I wish I had like warmer. So I really <laughs> feel in the spirit. I really have you and all out. What's funny is Ashley. Ashley sent me. Um, she reminded me like three times last week. She said, remember wear red, white, and blue on Monday. <laughs> so basically, just wear team elite physique. Yeah, stuff. basically, <laughs> we basically were like, like, what do we have? My whole closet's all red, white, and blue. Uh, Look like Uncle Sam threw up in there. So, <laughs> uh, Ashley, we have a good, a really good podcast topic today we always do they're yes. always good you know what this one's one of yours <laughs> as you guys know ashley puts these podcasts together like the the titles and the well, sometimes the you do yes yes sometimes you do i do but you come up with more ideas better than me. you're better organizer than me I, i've run my life in controlled chaos i think you figured that out it's very well executed controlled chaos right it's what <laughs> it is but it, it works. works for you. it works well i have luckily i have you guys to keep me in check you and sam and everyone here whether it's you buying my plane ticket or whatever, like checking me in on flights, whatever. Yes, so. yes, that is a thing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Speaking of which, you need to book that UK flight. Yes, I do, because I lost my... <laughs> well, it's funny, because again, controlled cat lost my passport. Unless you want me to book it, I don't know. I don't care. Either one, it's fine. Okay. If you book it, that's fine. We'll go. We'll, we'll book it. Yeah, we'll book it. Okay. I'm going to be in the UK, I promise. I'm going to yes. get there. My passport is somehow mysteriously mis misplaced, though. Arnold UK, here we come. Here we come. That's going to be a fun one. All right. Now, speaking of getting you to the Arnold, we have to talk about your genetics. Was it genetics? Was it hard work? Combination of both. What's your take, Ashley? Oh, it is 100% genetics. I actually just play mini golf on the weekends, and that's <laughs> how I look like I do. Yeah. It's all genetics for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to start off this. <laughs> I want to start off this this podcast with an interesting question that was asked to me, um, and people are going to fight. People are going to fight with us on this one, and I like it because it's slightly, it gets people thinking, and that's what I think I've, has really done well with our podcast. It gets people thinking about how they do things, and mm -hmm. I was on a podcast uh, recently, and someone asked, they, they basically said to me, it was kind of cool because I didn't even really think about it until they asked me this, and they said to me, well, obviously, Ashley has great genetics because she can stay lean all year and compete all the time, and not everyone's like that. And then I said to them, I said, well, does Ashley really have good genetics or is it that she's not allowing herself to get, get soft in the off season to the point where she can't compete? And is it really her genetics that are doing that, that they're so great? Because we've been trying to get her shoulders filled out for a few years now. And they're not, it's like, it's, it's not like they just come overnight for her. So it's not they're like her stubborn. genetics are that great, right? So is it really her genetics now structurally? That's genetic, right? That's your, your genetic structure. That's one thing. But how you're executing this, is it really genetics is why you're staying so lean all the time? Or is it really hard work? And I, I reference back to how hard it was for us to get you in shape, right? And everyone just sees it now. Oh, she's in shape. I'm like, you guys, it's not like she eats whatever she wants and then she just stays lean. That's genetics, right? But hard work is her having to, you know, eat chicken for the 7,000th time in this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I think the argument is there, you know, for it and to, to let people wake up a little bit who, who use that excuse of, oh, it's just her genetics, right? Because I would think that at this point you would probably, you'd probably agree with me on that to some capacity. You know? Right. So if, if we're talking about specifically getting lean and staying lean, no, that's not genetics working in my favor. However, if we're looking at the overall package, like that – Genetics have more to play with the overall um, look, right? So, um, you know, as far as, like, my metabolism is concerned, I would like to say I have a pretty average metabolism for a competitor. I don't – I'm not one that, you know, eats 3,000 calories and, and can get lean. I'm not like that at all. 
probably about more of that 1500 range, which is kind of average for somebody my size who's been prepping for a while. So it could be worse. It could be better. Um, but as far as the metabolism aspect of things and staying lean, that's not genetics. No. Yeah. I think I would say that you're very average in that department for Mm -hmm. sure, because, but people don't see it because you do stay within, you know, six pounds or so of stage weight. Um, now even in our like mini off season here, we're probably going to be in that same range and it's and it'll to get you lean again, it'll probably take a little an extra week or two to get that extra pound or two off of you now. So people don't, I don't think see that they just see you lean and competing, lean and competing, lean and competing. And they're just like, Oh, genetics. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just think say, it shows, it shows everyone that no matter what your genetics are, you can outwork bad genetics. You know, I do, I a hundred percent believe that I've never seen anyone in my entire career, which is really long at this point, uh, which is surprisingly long. Um, you know, starting working nutrition stores at 16, 40 now. So I've never seen anyone who actually stuck to the plan and stuck to a plan, not get to their goal if they stuck to it. I've seen people take as far as weight loss is concerned, right? weight loss. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, yeah, exactly. Cause muscle building would be one, like a I, different Avenue, we'll, yeah. which we will go into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never reached my muscle building goal when I was younger. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I've never seen anyone not reach their body fat loss goal. Um, it, no, I have seen people where I was like, yeah, it's going to take you nine months to get there. And then it takes them 14, you know, that happens. But, um, yeah, never seen anyone who actually stuck to it, not get there. So I always like to say, you know, you're not a, you're not a, a victim of your genetics, you know? Mm-hmm. So absolutely. I agree. So yeah, there's, uh, there, if you want to go into as well too, like how the girls that some of them that eat a lot of food and can get lean off of a lot of calories is even in their scenario, do you think that is more of a genetic thing? Or do you think it's, for example, they say sometimes the more muscle you have, the more calories you can burn, or maybe it's something more towards they're a newbie dieter. So dieting, your first diet is going to be like the easiest to lose weight, right? So what is your take on that? And how does that affect like your genetics? Because maybe genetically you kind of did have a good metabolism, but over time dieting so often can slow it down. If you want to go into that a little bit. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that people will argue with you about it. Like the advanced exercise science guys, the uh, nutrition scientist guys, they will argue it a little bit saying that, you know, the metabolism doesn't adapt that much. And you know, if you look at the books and you look at the regular studies, the metabolism doesn't, adv- it like, it doesn't adjust that much. It's called adaptive thermogenesis. It doesn't, doesn't go into it as much as like, like on paper, a few percentage points, right? We're talking a really hard diet. You might see, you know, eight points, right? It's not that significant. If you go, you're talking about 8% of, you know, 2000 calories is not like crazy. That's 160 calories. So you don't even really feel that that much for someone. Um, but over time that would, that would accumulate, you know, but what I've seen with our stuff, because our stuff is so much different than the science. And that's why as I've gotten farther in my career, I've gotten more away from the science stuff and the studies of it because it gives you a good base, but there's no class for this. You know, there's no class for, you know, physique training, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I've seen, and this has been a very consistent thing, and I don't, this isn't to like brag about how I do things. It's just a real world scenario. When I get girls who've come from other coaches who've done these extreme preps, they always have a lower output of their calories for a prep. I don't know if those previous stuff just have them a little bit more adapted and now they require a little bit more than the average person, but then I can have someone who started with me and then a few years down the road prepping with more calories. Um, It does happen sometimes where I have someone who's prepped with me like that started with me and they had like a thousand calories and two hour cardio type stuff and then we get them up, but it takes significantly longer and it's always significantly harder in those scenarios um, to get them in shape. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, it's unfortunate because they'll see how I do things after they've already done these preps and they'll be like, yeah, I want to do it like that too. And I'm like, well, look at where we're starting. Like I, I can't give you less cardio and more calories and expect better results in terms of body fat loss at this stage, you know? So you have to go through that work period of, of getting around it. But, you know, in terms of like what you're talking about genetics, you know, um, you know, it does happen too to even some people that I work with, you know, um, I had uh, last year, I had Brooke, who's a, a bikini pro and she competed. Um, no, it was two years ago. She competed with no cardio in her prep. None. Crazy, right? Um, Louisa Burke, she got her car. She got her pro card, no cardio. 
right? So because the metabolism was so fast, both of them were eating over 3,000 calories for their preps at that point. Louisa is like 4,000 now. Oh. I, I like to use her as an example because she's so extreme on it. Actually, And she's small too. Yeah. She's not yeah. like a five foot 10 competitor. She's tiny. Yeah, she's little. She's put on some good size. You should see her now. Yeah. She's been eating like crazy. I feel bad for her. Actually, it's funny. I'll do her check-ins. She's probably watch this. I do her check-ins and I'm like, gosh, I got to give her more food. If I feel bad. Like it's like I don't even eat. She eats double what I eat now. It's crazy. That's like I think she's at like 40 something hundred calories, but she's up like 20 something pounds and her waistline's only up like an inch total of being up like 20 pounds. So she's put on a lot, but it has been, oh man, I feel so bad for her. We do this shake. Like if you're a hard gainer, she, we, she would be a hard gainer for sure. We do this shake and all we do now at this point, cause there's so, food is just maxed out on everything else. We just add tablespoons of nut butter or carbs, powdered carbs to this protein shake and she just drinks it throughout the day. It's like Jeez. some days it's like 800 calories. Some days it's like 1600 calories a shake, depending on the week and how she checked it. And it's just this super dense. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even imagine drinking this thing. It's like eight tablespoons. No, I think one time we had 12 tablespoons of nut butter in that daily. Oh, wow. It's crazy, man. But you know, that's genetics. And I think that that one is a, it's a blessing because she doesn't do much cardio to get in shape. She doesn't do cardio in the off season at all. So she has a ton of energy for workouts. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's also it's also a curse because you got to eat that much, right? You got to always eat that much. And if she doesn't, like for example, if she didn't eat because she's an extreme ectomorph hard gainer that needs a with a really high metabolism. So for her, in that genetic, um, the disadvantage is if she doesn't eat right for like two days. Let's say she gets caught up at a vacation or traveling or whatever, and you're like, oh, whatever, she's on vacation, she can eat whatever she wants because she eats four thousand calories. You guys need to understand, most people don't eat you know, most females don't eat 4,600 calories even when they're on vacation. Like they'll, when you're just eating normal, mm -hmm. it's hard to eat that much food. So she could lose five pounds in a three-day period Oh wow! by eating 2,000 calories a day because she's eating regular for a few days, right? So then she has to go way back to the drawing board and start again, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, there's that disadvantage in terms of genetics. But the reason she burns so many calories, yeah, totally that's genetically based. Um, but sure. yes, you do burn more calories per pound of muscle. Any, um, they call it a... Um, metabolically active tissue so any tissue that requires like uh you know that basically requires oxygen is going to require calories right and so it's like metabolically active tissue um so um lean mass building like skeletal muscle has uh, x amount of calories per pound of that it burns per day but um it's not crazy significant but it does it does add up over time and obviously it's not per person because a one pound of muscle on Ashley burns way more calories than one pound of muscle on me just because of how active you are type of mm, thing. So there's no like, interesting. yeah, there's no set, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you have a pound of muscle, but you sit on your butt all day long, well, it's going to burn, you know, eight calories a day. But if you're <laughs> an extra pound of muscle and you're running marathons, it might burn 30 calories a day, you know, that extra pound. So, mm -hmm. um, but metabolically active tissue requiring oxygen requires more calories. So yeah, that's definitely part of it. So the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn for sure. Um, you know, then, then you're same person if you were 10 pounds less in muscle, I guess I should say, not more calories in general per person. So like, there, isn't, there isn't a reason body weight wise why someone like Louisa burns probably twice as many calories as me, right? There's not a reason for that besides, hey, her, her body's, is, we've, we've, we've had her labs ran, everything's running perfectly well inside, her thyroid, all that stuff's running really, really good, maybe on the middle upper levels, but nothing's crazy where it's on paper where you're like, oh, that's why she's burning so many herbs. Her thyroid is through the roof, like naturally. Mm -hmm. It's not one of those things where you just point it out. It just is or isn't. It's mm -hmm. weird, right? So yeah. Very fascinating. It is. It's a cool and one. And I think like too is like when we think about how genetics come into play uh, for your physique, I honestly like the metabolism part doesn't even come to mind because I think strictly like structure and muscle, but maybe a lot of people fail to realize that sometimes your metabolism is a factor within your genetics itself because there might be a lot of frustration surrounding that. Like, you know, some girls will see, like, oh, one of their competitors they look up to or whatever can eat this many things and this many calories and this is what they do. And, and they're like, why can't I do that, you know? And I think a lot of them are under the impression that, like, they've worked their way up to those many calories or they're burning those many calories per day um, because of their intense workouts or whatever. Um, so I think that's good that you clarified that it can be genetically based and um, it's not just because um, you're lazy, but... <laughs> Yeah, because you just don't have the genetics to burn that many calories. It's really, it's really a, a 
a crappy a card you're drawn sometimes, you know, yeah. like, and it sucks is that a lot of, now I will say this, a lot of the upper level bikini people that you'll see are generally the ones that tend to do a little better with what they can eat. You know, you're one of the ones that aren't. Um, but with the, with some of the ones you see out there that are doing like a lot of food in the off season, the other thing too, is you can look at someone, um, who's got like a big name and I was talking to someone this, this, uh, this weekend actually is bikini pro really high level. I won't say who she is, but, um, she eats on the weekends. She eats whatever she wants and she's done it so much that now she kind of has not really given into eating so much which is kind of cool. It's a cool thing. You know, she, she eats really, really strict Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday. She, um, she kind of let, allows herself to eat whatever she wants, but then, uh, she doesn't, but she's been doing it for so long now. Now she really doesn't have the desire to eat so crazy at first she did. And she's been maintaining a really lean off season, but people see what she's eating in the off season. And then they're like, Oh, she's eating like, no, she's not eating it seven days a week. She's still keeping it really in check Monday through Friday, but she's super off season too, you know, so allows herself that freedom. I have no problem with that. I think that that's great. Um, and so, but people will see that part of it the weekend day and then they'll be like, oh, well, she eats whatever she wants. Like, I want to do that too because right. I want balance. I'm like, well, some people can do that. Some people can't, you know, it's mm -hmm. a luck of the draw and there's not really a way you can train yourself to do that. We could try to get you to be higher caloried, um, which over time we can get you up there. Um, but some people are just going to be super, you know, sensitive to gaining back body fat. I can give... Some clients I have, I'll give them like, they have really low fat diets and you give them any fat and it's like, boom, and it's like crazy. It doesn't even make sense. It's like, how, like, how did you gain five pounds? Like how, right. you know? <laughs> like, it is, yeah. It's crazy how things work. And I'm not sure if you've experienced this or even hopefully I can explain this in a good way, but there's also those people that like their body, I don't want to say the set point there cause I already know you debunked yeah. it, but in a sense, like, you can lower their calories and they stay the same. You increase their calories and they stay the same. It's like their body wants to be a certain weight, in a sense. But it's funny that some of these people, that either way they go, they're just kind of always steady with the weight, if that's... Yeah. I've, uh, have you ever come across... I've Because I have, yeah. I have come across a few people like that. And it's like, the only thing you can do is adjust cardio and training because it's like... Lower it significantly doesn't do anything. Up it significantly, they still want to stay the same way. It's like, it's crazy. So when I have people like that, and I do have, I have run into those people. Um, I think sometimes because of how many years I've done this and, you know, this podcast gives us a good platform to be out there. It's like, you know, and we talked for so long and people kind of, I think will recognize us as kind of experts in the field type of thing, at least in this air arena. They think that I won't run into those things and I can just find a way around all of them. Right. You know, I'm like, they're like, oh, no, just he can fix it. And I'm like, sometimes <laughs> I mean, I'm better suited than most. Right. But yeah, even I'll run into those where I'm like really just a head scratcher, you know, yeah. and what I'll try to do is in that scenario is really just cover everything. You know, mm -hmm. um, I'll run like when I get stuck like that, I'll like, OK, let's run your labs. Let's just see where everything's at. Is there anything there? OK, there's one thing. OK. And then the next thing I look at is their workout intensity. That's always mm. such a factor. People don't realize how big of a factor that oh, is. Oh, yeah. Workout and cardio intensity. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's usually where I find the issue because people and it's never talking like smack to you guys saying you don't work out hard enough. Um, you know, I look at how I work out now compared to how I used to work out. I work out like a pansy now. I can't believe the intensity I used to work at. And then. And now I'll go to the gym with me and Kimber go to the gym every morning together. And she says, I work out hard, but I like, I know my capabilities and I'm like, it's so, it's so weak. Like it's so, it's almost embarrassing at this point. <laughs> I push hard, like kind, but I just know what I'm capable of, I guess. Cause I used to be so extreme, you know, when I was a bodybuilder, I was so extreme. So, but I always think about it. Okay. When someone's a bikini competitor, they are essentially a bodybuilder, you know, they, these days you need to have a good amount of muscle and you should be working out at the intensity I was working out at when I had the intentions of being a bodybuilder of competing. And so when I see that, that's usually where the issue is. That's, I would say more than half the time when someone's fully stuck, it's their workout intensity, though they think it's extreme. They're they're They think it's extreme and they're like, Oh no, I'm working out hard. And then you get them in the gym with you. And I'm like, okay, work out with, you know, Steve or Sam or someone, and let's just see where you're at. Um, and then they don't, 
you know, they don't last. And then they're like, it's a real awakening for them. They're like, wow, I really wasn't pushing what I was capable of. Like, I really didn't know, you know. And when you're racing in a race against a bunch of, like, you know, first graders, you're pretty fast, <laughs> you know. But when you're racing in a race with everyone's training for that race and then you're next to them and you realize how slow you are, it's kind of one of those moments. You're like, oh, wow, I was I was really slow. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's funny how it goes because, I mean, um, and actually I'll give you a good example of that too, which is really funny. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of embarrassing, but it's really funny. Uh, so I played, I played hockey my whole life. And then as I, when I was an adult, I played, uh, I started playing roller hockey. Um, I did it as a, as a youth too, but I played roller hockey because it's like, it's, it's just, it's more fun. It's less like hitting and stuff like that. And, um, I got, you know, it was really, really good. And then there's this thing called, uh, RHI, like roller hockey international. Like it's like a pro roller hockey thing. It's like Narch pro. Um, and I got, I got called up for one game in the pro and I played one game and I got destroyed. And I was like, how is this even possible? These guys are so much better than me. Like it wasn't even close. It was like, so every category. Right. And I think that it's, that's the difference of pro and regular, right? Pro. And, and, uh, even, even if you're the best in your gym, when you get to that pro level, you realize, okay, everyone here is really, really cares about this. So when they're in the gym, they're working out extra hard, harder than you were. I was working out playing hockey against people who weren't that great, right? People that were pretty good, but not pro. And that's, I think there's a difference there of people who want to go pro. You need to realize, okay, I need to step my game up to work out as hard as those people who are pro. Because it's a pretty big awakening when you realize it, you know? And I think that that's something that people really need to work at. And if you think, if there's a possibility that you're not getting great results and you think maybe it's your workout, I would say hire a trainer and tell them, hey, push me like as hard as I'm capable of without breaking me. And let's just see like where I'm at mentally and if I'm actually doing it. And then maybe, maybe you're going to leave that session and be like, nope, it wasn't that. I always work out this hard. Or maybe you're going to leave that session and be like, yeah, there's a lot more in me and I need to get a lot more out of it. Maybe it'll be like you going to that pro game that I played. And then you realize it. Oh, I actually have a lot more to go, you know? Because there's a lot, there's a growth in that too. And the same with cardio, you know, people are on their phones and listening their, to, to our podcast, which is great, but you can listen to it with some intensity and they're just kind of cruising, you Holding know, on to the step mill, shame on you. Yeah. Cardio <laughs> should be a set. Just like you work at a set in the gym where you fail, cardio should be that hard too. You should be going just as hard with cardio as you do with that. And that's why Ashley does orange theory. Cause you yeah. kind of get a real workout in with it. Yeah. And I, and they have the little heart rate monitor, so I can't slack. I think too, a lot of times with the intensity in the gym and cardio, not even doing it on purpose, but sometimes if you do the same workout over and over and over, then you start to do it without thinking. And then you start to just kind of go through the the motions without putting intention behind the lifts. So that can be a thing too, you know what I mean? Like, or you're getting stronger in the gym, so you're kind of not increasing your weights like if I always do this weight and then it becomes easier for you and you don't realize like oh wait I should go up more you're just kind of going through the motions and just that can I think that could be an issue as well yeah and I think a good way to get around that um, I usually say is either do when every time you're in the gym you know try to do one more rep or do the same reps with five more pounds like just just a little bit more you know um your body's your body's going to adapt to whatever stimulus you create so if one time you get to 100 pounds at 10 reps the next time you need to be at 105 pounds for 10 reps or at 100 100 pounds for 11 reps that that's how you make that progression and after time if you're tracking your measurements and writing things down and all that you should be naturally reaching that intensity level just because of that progression you Mm -hmm. know and i think that that's a big factor i think going over like genetic limitations we have to eliminate the possibility that you don't have a genetic limitation and it's just effort first. I think kind of what we're coming to the conclusion of, right? We know that not everyone's going to be a Louisa who burns that many cars. She's at the upper, upper. I mean, I mention her all the time in these podcasts. She's like the upper, upper level of any bikini competitor I've pretty much ever worked with metabolically. Um, I mean, she has to be the top like 10 of anyone I've ever worked with metabolically. And then um, I have the lower level too, which, you know, is if there's an upper end, there's a, there's a, there's a lower end and I'll have those people too. And I'm dieting them at 1100 calories, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you have people who fat just crawls off of them. I mean, Ashley in 2017 fat would just like, 
Fat just loved you in 2017. Yeah. It was like, I'm just going to hug Ashley. <laughs> it was like that ex-boyfriend you can't dump. It yeah. was just <laughs> showed up at her door every morning. was like, Ashley, I, I still love you. I don't, it's, the, <laughs> I could work on things. You know, it's one of those, <laughs> he just wouldn't leave. Aww. Remember that 2017 fat? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I remember I was stuck at 134 for the longest time. It was so frustrating. That was such a big plateau. I was like, you know, I would lose weight, and then for whatever reason, 134, that number is just, like, would forever haunt me because it was just so hard to get out of 134 range. <laughs> but I finally did, and it took a lot, so. You know what's, you want to hear something weird? And this is very, like, this is not me, but this is one of those, like, okay, this it's going to sound stupid, and it's going to sound, like, cokey, or what do they say, ho- ho- hokey? Hokey, because it sounds, like, almost spiritual, Okay, there's, there's, and it's, this has happened with so many clients over the years, and that's the only reason I mention it because I have like a, a like a, a work to a case to to work with. Sometimes when people say like they'll start a prep and they'll be like, oh yeah, I've never been able to get under one thirty three, one thirty four, whatever, one forty. Right? Like these girls, they have these like magic numbers, and they're like, and I'm like, gen- just so we're clear, genetically there's no limitation from you to go from one forty to one thirty eight. Like there's no set point. There's nothing stopping you. And I don't know what it is. I don't think it was in your scenario because you were trying like really hard to get past it. But I don't know what it is, but I've had it happen. I got to say at least 50 times in my career where someone would say that and they just, they they would get stuck there for like a period of time and then they would break it. This is what, this is why I think it's somewhat mental and kind of, you know, like, like it's mm-hmm. like a psychology thing. Because they'd be stuck there for like, let's say a month, right? And I'm like, okay. And then even I start believing it. Well, maybe they can't get past there. Or maybe they're, <laughs> maybe they're like sabotaging. They don't really want to be past there, right? It was like all these things that I'm thinking. And then one day they break it, right? It takes six weeks to break to 139. And then all of a sudden, boom, 135. And then yeah, 132, 128. And I'm like, crazy how that works? It's like once they break it, there's like something mentally that's like keeping you from it. I don't know. I don't know if there's so much like that's a thing, like belief in it. Perhaps, I mean... General mood from Believe? I don't know. I don't know. It just, sometimes the body does some weird things for no reason, and you just slur like, why? I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> you just got to keep pushing and stay consistent. I think a lot of times people give up once they don't see that number move, and it's like, no, 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 hang on, because you never know. And if you ac- give yourself a few extra weeks, you might sa- start to see, like, more of a decline. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy how that, that works. Though. It's happened so many times. Yeah. I think... Maybe it's you're right. It's a natural thing. I mean, just like they say, what it like your your fit your weight loss isn't a linear like decline. It's like a bump here, bump there, plateau, and then decline and up and down and down and down. So who knows? That's yeah, maybe something we'll never be able to figure out. Human capability. It's weird. It, yeah, yeah. True. It is a weird one, but I've I've seen it so much that I know I just kind of think there's something to it. And, uh, but I think you're right. Maybe it is almost like a self-sabotage thing. Cause you just stop working out as intensely. Cause you're, you're at that weight where you think and nothing's going to happen. So you just kind of get frustrated and you kind of just don't give the intensity anymore. It reminds me of that, uh, that five minute mile thing. You know, I wish yeah. I had the data on that, the stats on that, just to go into the five minute mile thing. Um, I told you, I've said the five minute mile thing before. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to remember this. You guys want to find something crazy. Look up the five minute mile. And look up how long it take took to broke it to break. Gosh, I sound terrible. How long it it took to break the five minute mile marker, and then once it was broken, how many people have actually broken it? So it was like hundreds of years where the five minute mile didn't was it couldn't be reached, and then someone did it, and then all of a sudden everyone could do it. Right. Yeah. Like it just there's a there's a there's a performance thing based on the psychology of things, and it's like we we tend to ignore it because it's kind of like me. We're like ah. Eh, it's kind of hokey, you know, it's kind of like your, oh, your spirit, your psych leader is affecting your gains, like that type of thing. But then you see these things and you, you kind of start believing it a little bit too. So maybe, maybe that's part of the, you know, if we're getting way into the other right field on this, but <laughs> the way, maybe that's part of the whole genetic thing, like just self-belief, you know, and maybe that affects your intensity and your, you know, maybe there's part of that too. True. Maybe the people who believe that they could be great more are end up being great more and accomplishing more in the gym too. I don't know. Yeah. Something uh, to be said about it. Yeah, true. Very true. So when we're talking about like hard work and genetics, we definitely went in depth with the metabolism aspect of things, but there are other things that uh, genetics play a role in. And um, obviously muscle, how, how easy can you put on muscle? 
Where can you put it on the easiest? What's your stubborn body part? Um, and also structure things as well, which we'll get into at the end. But when we're talking about muscles, right, everyone has like their area that it's stubborn and then other areas is like, oh no, I don't need any help with this. In fact, in bikini, since there are muscle limitations, there's some competitors that don't even train certain body parts because they're overdeveloped for whatever reason, you know? Um, so I think it's important to realize that Everyone has weak areas, stubborn areas. We already know mine. <laughs> we already know mine because we talk about it a lot. But, you know, I would say my genetic strong points that I have no issue with growing is hamstrings. You know, hamstrings are always there. You know, when I came out of the womb, um, they actually, my hamstrings got stuck. Here we go. My hamstrings got <laughs> stuck and uh, then they figured I need to be delivered by cesarean um, <laughs> even then my hamstrings they were actually larger than the size of my head so it wouldn't fit you know <laughs> what I heard what I heard from the doctor was you came out feet first and you lying hamstring curled your way out <laughs> by grabbing off with the heels of your feet <laughs> yeah <laughs> or that yeah <laughs> That's what, that's what I heard. And you know, something too is like <laughs> when back in the day, you know, the technology wasn't as advanced as now. And when my mom was getting the ultrasounds, um, they thought my hamstrings were actually two separate fetuses. So they actually <laughs> thought I was a triplet because the hamstrings themselves were larger than me. So, <laughs> so they thought we were um, joined triplets. Yeah. Well, if you know where those other two went, let me let me get my oh, hands right on here. them so we could get some. Get some <laughs> let's just get all three of you winning all the shows and just have you three in the Olympia this year. Just you and your two separate hamstrings. <laughs> <laughs> Olympia quality control team is back in action. Oh my god, That's so funny! <laughs> How I, much hate we're gonna get on that? Dude, so like I make all these hamstring jokes <laughs> all the time, and like. I'm like, I hope people don't think I'm serious because it's like I brag about my hamstrings a lot, but it's all jokes. It, <laughs> I have to balance out some hamstring brag because I do a lot of self-deprecating humor. Like I will even say the hamstrings are the only thing I got going for me in life. So, <laughs> it's like, but it's a joke. But I mean, in all seriousness, my hamstrings, um, I don't have any issues like growing them. So, you know, that's another um, thing with like genetics. Like what body part is easy for you? Like for you personally, what do yeah, you have? For me, it's always been just my chest is always your chest. Been, and then yeah. your calves are your worse. not genetic. Calves would be my, no, calves would be worse for me than your shoulders for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always, but chest wise always been um, just easy. You know, I actually don't even, there was times where I just didn't work it out anymore because it just got overdeveloped. So what is your bra size? <laughs> I don't know, but let's figure that out. Yeah. You got to go to Victoria's Secret, you know, get a measurement. wouldn't even look at me strange these days. <laughs> I, went in there, yeah. I was like, I need to figure out my process. They'll be like, okay, ma'am, no problem. <laughs> uh, it's so sad, man. It's so sad. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so as far as muscle muscle building goes, there's going to be some people who are just better muscle builders than others. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some people who have better like tie-ins and whatnot than others. Um, you know, and it's funny cause I'll get a lot of, I'll get a lot of people that will like send me pictures of like you, or they'll send me pictures of like, as an inquiry, they'll send me pictures of like your glutes or like a Laura Lee's glutes or, you know, s like someone crazy's glutes, like, uh, Sunny or someone but like, yeah, I want glutes like this. And I'm like, yeah, so do I, <laughs> Like, so I would do like completely, yeah. uh, good luck with that. You know? And it's like, it's just something, some things you can, you can build up to. And some things are going to be, you know, impossible for, for some. And I think that we got to look at that and look at, okay, what were you born with? And then we can maximize that, mm -hmm. whatever you were born with. If you were born with a totally flat butt, like, don't think that you're going to end up with, you know, a Sunny or Ashley or Laura Lee glutes. Like that's, we're going to try to maximize that, but we do have to face reality at some point too. You can only build off of what you started with. So if someone starts off with, X amount more muscle fiber and bigger muscle bellies than you. And they just genetically are that person, that girl that you saw. And, you know, you went to, to elementary school with, and she had a booty even then like, yeah, she's probably going to have a bigger booty than you, even though you've been working out for four years and she just got into competing 
six weeks ago. Like she's probably going to pass you on that. So that's where it comes to like genetics versus hard work thing. Now, is she going to work as hard as you? And is there ways you can beat her? Yes. Are you going to have that exact look? Probably not, you know? So, and that was one of the things that was like, when I was coming up in bodybuilding, when I was younger, I didn't really understand this. I was just like trying to get as big as I could, you know? And, and I got for my size, I got pretty, I was pretty happy with my size. I got to like 217. I was pretty happy with where I got, but I was like, I wanted to chase Dorian Yates. You know, I was, I was, I was like, I want to be as big as Dorian Yates, big as big as Coleman. And my friend was like, look, you might be able to get as big as him, but it doesn't mean you're going to look as good as him. Like that's, that's a different thing. And then that was when I was like, started looking more closely at structures and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Like joint wise, my joints are just so small. Like there's, I couldn't even carry as much muscle as them. And that's probably why that, that was my stopping point. And so like, I'm glad they have different divisions now for men, you know, the men's physique was, would have been great when I was um, younger. Um, But it's, it, it, there is genetic limitations on things. So if you're, if you're a bikini girl and you fit the bikini class really well, like for example, Ashley fits the bikini class really well. And she was like, she came in here one day on Monday and she's like, Adam, I have this great idea. I want to do women's bodybuilding. I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would pretty much laugh at her. You know, I'd be like, get out of here. Like I would just completely laugh at her and be like, yeah, the, the biggest we're getting is figure, you know, like the biggest. <laughs> I don't even think that's a yeah. possibility these days. Yeah. If anything, it would be fitness, but I'm not, I'm too small. That's why, you know, everyone asks me because they see me doing flips. Like, why can't you do fitness? Like, believe me, I'm struggling to be big enough for bikini. I do not think I will ever be big enough to be fitness. Never, ever. You know what I mean? That's just not genetically possible unless they lower the the qualifications of what physique they're looking for it's not going to happen yeah I but i can still flip so hey that's cool yeah <laughs> i wonder if they ever will too because you'd be so much more athletic if you were smaller well not only that is like if they had the qualifications for fitness to be smaller individuals think about how much more talent they'd get because they'd get the cheerleaders that coming out of college yeah. the gymnasts coming out of college because i'm sure like as a cheerleader you know you're you've got all these awesome skills and stuff and you're like yeah fitness that sounds cool i could do all that routine i can do it better but then you see their physique and you're like oh yeah uh I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Not anytime soon anyway. So yeah. even if they were to stick with it, I mean, it would take years upon years to get to that level. And by then you're going to lose some skill. You're going to lose interest. So yeah. it's very interesting. I mean, I don't think they're going to change it, but if they ever did, I'm sure they'd get much more participants right out of college. Yeah, think about all those gymnasts that, and, and, and cheerleaders. Cause I mean, especially cheerleading, there's nowhere for you to go after. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna want. You're gonna get like, oh, I want to do a sport, but you, it's not like there's Olympics. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that that's that would be an awesome thing to change. I know we're off topic here, but I would love I would love to see that because that division is so small now. Anyway, like at a local level, there's not even girls who show up for fitness. I mean, I don't even know the last time I went to a local show and one person showed up for the fitness category. Like no one. I mean, I remember when I was in Colorado, a girl just walked on stage and won Miss Colorado Fitness. I'm like, you get to be the Miss Colorado. Like, there's no one to compete against. It's just it's not her fault. There's only there wasn't anyone for five shows doing fitness besides her. She was the only one in five shows. So yeah, I mean, obviously the, the muscle is a limitation and I think it's kind of weird because the bigger you get, the less athletic you get. So, but you're trying yeah. to appeal to the most athletic people out there. So yes. why are you like, it doesn't even see it would be appealing. Cause that was one thing I hated being a bodybuilder. I hated how like unathletic I felt like just going upstairs and, and trying, I mean, Living a life, I, I really admire bodybuilders. And it's not talking smack on bodybuilders at all. I, I really, really admire bodybuilders. I wouldn't have my career without bodybuilders. Um, but living that life is not fun. Like the eating, the constant acid reflux, sleeping, you snore like crazy. Like you walking upstairs, you're like, <gasps> like you're just big. You know, you're just <sighs> big. Getting out of cars, like low cars. Like it's just all these things that just are inconvenient with the bodybuilders. Your legs mm-hmm. touch in the middle. You're, it's just like, it's a hard life to be a bodybuilder. So these bodybuilders who like get to these 300 pounders and I'm like, like hats off to you because just the acid reflux alone I had when at like 215 was so extreme that it just ruined my life. Like it was just life altering, like being a bodybuilder, you know? Shoot. And so like, that's kind of the same for fitness. They have to do similar things to get that big. If you're a regular girl like you would have to eat that extreme to get that big. And most of the girls that are coming out of gymnastics that would appeal to that, that would appeal to you are your size, you know, they're, they're more your right. size. So it's like, they almost, they really limit their pool there. Cause you're taking mm-hmm. two total extremes um, you're taking away the athletic ability, but then making it an athletic sport. And it's like, it, to me, it doesn't make sense how they've gone so big. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like a, a cheerleader coming out of college could look at, like, if the physique was more like a bikini, they could look at us and be like, oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. You know, it's possible, but it might be a little like, whoa, I can't, I can't look, look at that. I can't look like <laughs> nor, that either. Believe me. Nor that they want to, I think. I know most of them want to or will feel that way. You know, it would it's take tough. years if they did. Yeah. It would take years. So when we're going into muscle building, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but something that a lot of people don't realize that factors into muscle building or I should be more specific. The way a muscle looks is the insertion point. How short, how long is your muscle? Because I'm going to give you a real, like, I think the most visible, the visually, um, the best visual you can get for insertion points is if you look at calves, right? So you'll see those calves that are super high up. You'll see those calves that are super low down, like cankle, like they're going almost touching your ankle. You know what I mean? So there's like, I think that's so funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mine's like in between. Um, so it's not like you can take that super high calf and elongate it, right? You yeah. can get it to pop out more, but at the, but at the end of the day, it's always going to be high. It's going to be a high calf. You can't make it go down. Same thing with the low um, calf insertion. You can't make it go up. So that's something to take in consideration. And that applies to every muscle. That applies to glutes, to hamstrings, to shoulders. And that my theory is one of the reasons why I can't get my shoulders to pop is because I have a longer insertion. It feels like for me, my lower body has like bubbly short muscles. And then my upper body is the opposite. I have longer muscles. So that kind of, the longer your muscle is, the less pop you will have. If that makes sense, yeah. did I word that correctly? Yeah, yeah, you got it right. Hopefully, yeah. that was clear for you guys. So I always use calves because you <laughs> can you can visually understand like, oh yeah, I do know somebody that has really high up calves, and oh, I do know somebody that has really low calves. And like, you can look at the uh, the classes of bodybuilders and bikini too. Um, the tall girls tend to have a harder time filling out their frame, getting rounder true. than the short girls. The A class national girls are like crazy glutes, crazy hamstrings. So yeah. they're round, round girls. And then you get to the tall class and you might get a couple that have some good development and stuff at that super tall class. But I mean, nothing like the roundness and density and fullness of the A class. The A class girls are, have a, the hardest time because they're like, I'm like, you're going to have to, you're basically in a bodybuilding show. <laughs> like it's, it's a lot different. And it's just because the, the insertion is shorter. And I yes. think it's just. The muscles, I, and I don't know the reason for it, but bodybuilders have been talking about it a lot. You know, like the taller bodybuilders don't do as good as the shorter bodybuilders, you know, in terms of the average height for like a, a Mr. Olympia bodybuilder is like 5'9", five, 5'8". Five, you know, these guys are not really tall guys. You look at... Uh, it's like average for a guy. Yeah, yeah, they're not super it's tall. It's funny because so. like it kind of applies in each division seems to have that av- the average height is yeah. the one that thrives the most. If you take a look at the winners, usually. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, right? Something yeah. to it. Something to it. I just, yeah, the perfect balance of like how, how bubbly the muscle fibers uh-huh. can get, the muscle insertions. And I think, yeah, I think that that's one of the things that's one of those misconceptions that like yoga studios will throw around and be like, yeah, we'll develop long, lean muscles. And I'm like, really? How are you going to develop long muscles? <laughs> <laughs> like, how are you getting uh, them longer? Yeah, exactly. And I'll get judges feedback sometimes too, when I know a judge doesn't know what they're talking about. And I would always respect to all judges. What you guys do is amazing. But some of the feedback you give us, especially at the local level, like I'll tell my athletes, I don't want to hear it, you know, because it's like, I study bikini all day long. I don't need to hear it from them. If it's one of the major guys, totally want to hear it. But because I, I get this crazy feedback. I have once one told one of my athletes, oh, your, your, your torso is too long. I'm like, okay, how is she going to fix that? You know what I mean? Get, one, a, get a, a torso reduction. Yeah. One, one. Knock off a few spines. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And another one say, uh, oh, you know, it was a men's physique guy had high lats. He's like, oh, you just need to bring your lats down. You'll be fine. And I'm like, how, how's he going to bring his lats down? Like, yeah. like it's just, they, they say these dumb comments. He's like, cause it, uh, you know, to be a local level judge, it doesn't take anything special. You just pass a judging test and well, may- up, so. maybe they're saying it as this is the issue, but not necessarily you got to correct this issue. Because it'd be one thing if they said like, you know, you I know you're taller, so it's going to be harder. You got a longer torso or whatever. Um, but if they're trying to make it sound like you can fix it, that's a totally different like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> they're... They will sometimes they'll even give exercises like in that lat example they gave um, exercises. He was like, "Yeah, just do a lot more rows, bring your lats down." And I'm like, "It's funny. I thought high lats were desirable." Because um, uh, it creates more of a taper? I think they Mine? look cool, but they don't. Yours on it. So again, so a, so just like you're saying, like so a smaller 
bun, I guess uh-huh. bundled muscle is not going to get as big. Yeah. So like a high calf isn't going to be as big as a low calf. Cause there seems mm-hmm. to be like more muscle fiber to work with. that gets bigger, easier. Right. So like having glutes to start with, they get bigger, easier than having a total flat butt to start with and then growing into that, you know? So I think it's the same type of thing. So more lat with the lower insertion, I think there's just more general muscle fiber so they can get thicker and bigger. Mm-hmm. I think it looks cool. Like I loved, I love high lat. High lat guys. I think it looks so cool because it makes their waistline look crazy small. And girls too. I wish mine were high. Mine are low. Yeah. I have low ones. (laughs) Kind of low. Get low. Um, So yeah, I think that's interesting. And even if we're looking to like the the pop of the muscle, like even a a good example too is like the, we, what was it? We were trying to figure out like how some girls like have great tie-ins but if you look at their profile glute they don't have much but when they turn to the back you can see their tie-ins really crispy and they're long and I think the the reason they stand out is because they're super long versus like girls like that have shorter tie-ins don't the tie-ins don't show as much in the back pose as they do like you can see more of a profile bubble butt you know what I mean so that was like something to to look at too is like look at the insertions on glutes like those girls that have the really really long insertions versus the short ones and you can really see the bubble from the side versus you can see more of the long glute insertions from the back is yeah. interesting. So if you really, if you know what to look for, you can start looking now and be like, Oh yeah, this, this athlete has a similar structure to me or, you know, cause nobody is going to have this, the same physique, you know, but I bet you the cool thing about bikini too, is I bet you could find somebody that has a similar physique as you, a similar structure, I should say, as you, that you can aspire to be because, you know, the insertion things, it's something we can't change. But there is somebody that I bet you has something similar that you can work with and look up and see what possibly you could look similar to. Yeah. And I think uh, I think you covered that well with the insertions and all that. You know what I want you to cover, because you're really good at describing this, is how the other genetic factor that we don't talk about too much, I don't think people talk about it in general too much, is how you store body fat. You know, oh, how, yeah. Especially women. Yeah. Um, women, women definitely, I think, get the hardest hit on how they store body fat. I think they have the most benefit in terms of like wearing pants and stuff because mm-hmm. you tend to put it more on your hips. So women will typically store it more on the, the hips and on the back of the arms and guys will store it. They call it a women are built like a pear and men are built like an apple. Guys will just store it on their waistline. And visually, it's pretty easy for a guy. It's like, oh, it's right on my stomach. I got to get it down. Like, And you start seeing abs and you visually start seeing it come down. But some women will get shredded up top. And still have a lot to go on there and glutes. And you have a good way of describing this with the pool thing. Oh, yeah. So, like, every first off, it's, you know, everyone's going to have separate areas or areas that leans out first. I mean, sometimes you can get, like, an even distributor, I guess. But it's a little, little more rare. But for the most part, just assume that everyone has, like, stubborn areas as far as fat loss is concerned. So, if we're looking, like, at a pool, like a public pool, I guess, that has different... Um, depth like we have the three feet we have the eight the five foot area so if that pool is draining right you know what's going to drain out first is that shallow three foot okay and maybe that's the area that's it can get lean fast some areas might take a little longer to maybe that eight foot to drain everything out okay um but eventually it all will drain out it just takes longer for certain areas you know so that's something to keep in mind I know there there's a lot of frustration because it's like I'm getting so lean here but why isn't this leaving and I still get get the idea that people think that they can train that body part more and make that fat go away like body fat spot reduction and that doesn't really happen however you can build more muscle in that area and maybe make it appear more defined because you have more pop there um but you know it's something that everyone deals with and you just got to be patient and get leaner body fat wise overall but it it does you know and then genetically too this kind of sucks too if that body part other body parts get too lean just to sacrifice that one getting lean enough yeah. so that's what you know that that becomes an issue too like like let's say your midsection gets too lean and the next thing you know you're super ribby but then you still have a little bit of fluff on your thighs or underneath your butt cheeks so it definitely becomes difficult so it's just something that you got to be patient with yeah and on those those people it's really hard as a coach 
for those people because what happens is, you know, you're wearing shorts at the gym or leggings at the gym, whatever, and you can't, you're smaller, your legs are smaller, but your upper body's shredded. And then they go to the gym and then everyone's like, oh, you're too lean for bikini now. You're too lean. And all their friends, who's an expert, who's never prepped anyone in their life, (laughs) like all of a sudden becomes an expert at bikini. And then you write your coach, everyone's saying I'm too lean. And then I'm like, I'm like, what else do I have to do to show you that I'm, I know how to do this? Like, yeah. it's like, let me do this. And it's like, oh, this guy from the gym who's never even like done anything besides seeing a bikini girl on Instagram said, I'm too lean, right? Or you, you know, it's a funny one is they'll see you and they'll be like, oh, are you woman's physique or what are you? you know, they, they have no idea like <laughs> That's how, much, hilarious. how much muscle you should um. have as a bikini person, right? <laughs> And, uh, That's funny. I know, but they do it though. And yeah, I'm just like, dude, I'm about <laughs> what twenty or thirty pounds too light, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> These days, yeah, yeah. The uh, so. So um, that's that's where it becomes an issue because then it becomes really hard on the bikini competitor because their, their upper body still is, is shredded and it is ready, but their lower body is not lean enough. So their upper body has to get even leaner. Um, just it, whatever happens, that upper body happens, that upper body until you get everything leaner. And then sometimes you have to just have a leaner upper body and then you have to pose it softer, which yes, it is a disadvantage. You know, you have to, there are things because if you have to get really, really lean just to get your legs down, well, now your upper body has to get bigger because you're so lean, you have nothing to make it bigger you know Mm -hmm. the fat does add an illusion of a little bit more muscle you know if if it's not too much of course and that's why bodybuilders now aren't as lean as they used to be and that's why what's funny is there's this like battle that goes on between the bodybuilders of old school and the bodybuilders of new school and it's like never ending and these guys will never like come to a conclusion who's better i think it's kind of funny it's actually quite a you know what's really funny in our industry it's like the guys fight so much more than the girls have you noticed that the girls like don't fight they don't yeah, like, I mean, we're. I guess girls are more like I'll say crap behind your back, kind of thing, <laughs> than not to your face. Yeah, I wish they would. You know, what I'm <laughs> I wish they would. They might drop an Instagram thing. Might, once in a while. An Instagram, an ominous Instagram story comment or something that would only apply to me or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Like, that's that's a current. We we see it. We see it, guys. We just don't care now. <laughs> as far as but the guys, they always fight. They're always so like it's just I don't know. Yeah, they're very much confrontational. I, yeah. I think it's. Fun. I love watching it. I'll never get involved, but I love watching it. If someone fights with me, I'm just like, ah, let them win. <laughs> I was like, why'd you got to respond? I'm like, nah, don't give them more light. But uh, with with the the guys, it's funny. The old school guys are like, oh well, they don't they don't work as hard as us. They don't get as lean as us. And then the new school guys are like, oh well, they were all small. They had no legs. They weren't big enough, right? And the difference is, it's something so simple. the The guys that were competing before were a little smaller and therefore had to get a little leaner to show the same level mm-hmm. of conditioning. The guys now are so much bigger, they don't have to get as lean as the guys used to get because they have so much more muscle that it peaks through the fat a little bit easier, right? And that's the answer. That's the reason this fight keeps going. Yeah. And I'm like, no, they look just as lean, but they're just way more muscular. So they're, they're you know, so yeah, they have a little bit more fat because why would they need to get leaner if they look just as lean as those guys did and they're reaching the standard. But it's funny, you have this like nonstop like battle of going up and then you'll have like guys do interviews and they're like, oh, none of those guys would even be able to compete back then. And I'm like, they would be huge compared to you guys back then. I think the only one that like, that does say the argument that is actually probably right because he was big and leaner was Ronnie Coleman because he, he was a total freak. He was so far ahead. Like he could compete now and still destroy, you know, but the, uh, but yeah, everyone else who says that is like, no, you were a lot smaller than these guys. <laughs> like, it, but it's funny that's, that's the reason like you're talking about, you know, if you have more muscle, it's going to peak through the fat a little bit easier. You don't need to sh- be as lean. And that's another genetic thing too. How deep are your, um, your muscle separation? Like how deep is it for you? Do you have just that grainy, more dense muscle that if you get too lean, it looks too much for a bikini, you know? So maybe you don't need to get as lean and you have an advantage there, you know? Uh, maybe the judges like you a little softer than someone else. Like Ashley's margin of error is zero. They they do not like her soft at all. Like yeah. it's it is there is no margin there. And there's other competitors who have done really really well being a little bit softer. Um, and then there's some who are like even leaner than Ashley. I think there's two that I've seen that come in even leaner than you, and they're like, oh, we like you that lean. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, you know, what's the reasoning for that? I don't know. Right. So it's just one of those things. True. Very true. So going into other genetic factors, things that we can't really change as well structure wise. And, and this will also come into play how, how even your muscles look and everything else. Obviously you can't change your height. <laughs> you can't change like even the length of your clavicle, which is, um, that's a, that's a big factor too with our, our sport is like, you know, if you have like a shorter clavicle, it is, it's harder to, to make yourself appear wide up top. 
Um, <clears throat> also, the size of your rib cage can can somewhat determine the size of your waistline too. Like if somebody has very wide rib cage and maybe like a short torso, it might be difficult for them to achieve a smaller waist. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't improve on it. It just means it's a little tougher. And like I gotta reiterate, you know, every everyone's gonna have a different physique, but you just gotta work with what you got. But somebody's bound to be similar uh, as you. Um, and also, you know, something too is like um, the positioning of your abs. Have you ever noticed like some are super symmetrical and straight across, some are more like crooked? That's genetic. Yeah. Your your the the width of your hips as well. I would say you can't change that. You can build muscle around that area to give the illusion, um, but the actual bone structure you can't. Obviously, anything bone structure you can't you can't change it. You know. Um, and then what else would it? There's like a the distance between your ribs and your iliac crest, so your oh, yeah. your high hip bone, like you know, um, to have those curves. Like if you have a big a greater distance in between, mm-hmm. your waistline tends to curve in more. Okay. Versus a shorter distance of rib to hip bone. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's actually a thing in boxing too. Like if these guys have less of that, they're actually like more less likely to get liver shots because they're more protected. Isn't that crazy? That yeah. is cool. Yeah, isn't it? That is yeah. really cool. Yeah, and that's yeah. a good point too. Somebody can have a super super itty bitty little waist. But it's it doesn't taper in as much as maybe somebody that has a, like a wider waist but more of a taper. Yeah. Um. So I yeah that's you know that's yeah. very interesting. All this these things very very much interest me. <laughs> like I'm fascinated by yeah. different um, structures and how they can improve with what they got and stuff. I think it's the coolest thing. It's cool and based on s- different sports too and like yeah. what the ideal structure yeah, and different, this and that, yeah, different structures that thrive in different sports. That is, that's a thing. Like gymnasts are super small, little itty bitty things. And then basketball players are tall. Shot putters are just like massively large humans. Jockeys. Jockeys are little bit thingies. <laughs> just little... Um, but yeah it is really cool right it is cool so you know i used to have this guy he was really funny this is this dude at my school and he was like the teacher's aide and he used to always make fun of me because i was like on the bodybuilding when i was like 15 you know and he was like dude you're doing the wrong sport man you got you got to start just just accept it and just be a jockey yeah oh come on you're too big it was just the funniest thing it was like the funniest joke and he used to say it in front of like the whole class and everyone would laugh at me about it but it was it was actually really funny i I wish i remember who he was he was hilarious that guy I like when people make jokes. I think yeah. it's funny when people make fun of me and stuff too. Oh. Um, okay, you can take a joke. Oh yeah, I went to Joe Rogan this weekend. That was really Did good. You? Oh, it was, I saw he was playing. Yeah, it was good. It was it was really good. I will say this: he started forty five minutes late. How unprofessional! That was rude. It was because so you get Joe. there, you get there Joseph, early. Joseph, come on now. <laughs> you get there early to see Joe Rogan, and we were there like thirty minutes early because it's a casino, and you're like, so you're. I was sitting there for an hour and fifteen minutes before he started, and we're like, and they. They seal up your phones, which is for... Really? Yeah, they seal up your phones these days at comedy shows. I never knew that. Oh, you didn't? Yeah, they put it in like a little bag. It's like you Do have your phone with you. you. Oh, they, they seal it. And it's like a magnetic bag that like you can't get your phone. So like me and Kimber, no problem. We talk all the time without our phones. But you could see people like visually like they're not used to talking to people and they're not used to not being on their phone like younger people and whatnot too. And they're like, she's like, and it was like a really cool social experiment to see because... If you're watching the show is one thing, but if you're sitting there for an hour and 15 minutes and you're like, oh, I got to talk to this person <laughs> for like an hour and 15 minutes, like you could see it. It was, it was, it was interesting. It was a good social experiment to watch. Are you just, you can't get into it or does can't it set off it. an alarm if you try to get into you it? You physically can't get into it. You have to go like after the show, there's like all these people that have these like unlock ba- things. That's so like a tool oh. and it unlocks your phone. I think it's a magnet. It's like a bag and it's like just shuts it. So you can't record their, their show. That sucks if you're trying to meet somebody like, hey, I'm, I'm sitting. Oh, in the yeah. Bath. that's. A- I don't know. But that, wow, that's smart, though. Yeah. That's smart. I will say, I will say this. Um, I, I took my phone out of my, I took my phone and put it in Kimber's purse. And then um, she put like stuff on top of it. So when they searched her purse, they didn't find our phone. So they didn't, we didn't actually have it, but we didn't pull it out. You almost don't, you can't pull it out because people are walking around with bags in case someone did that. But at least I just had my. At least I had the, the, I didn't have the anxiety of that. It's like a social anxiety now yeah. to just not have access to it, you know? And then at the end, what's funny, at the end, we took our phone out and like took a picture 
And then everyone's like, looking, how did they, how are they doing this? Like, and I was like, yeah, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's funny. So, uh, yeah, anyway, but it was, uh, it was a really good show. But, Joe, start on time, man. 45 minutes. Come on now. Shame but on you. Anyway, we can, we can open it now for anyone who has these questions on Instagram before. If you want to say anything, Ash, about anything else maybe we missed? Uh, <laughs> so annoying. Uh, <laughs> you know what I want to what I what I want to point out is that when you were describing the pool, you specified it was a public pool. Like, <laughs> like, yes. like how does that help this at all? <laughs> um, because Adam, most people uh, aren't that fancy. To their at home pool has multiple depths. Okay, usually an at home pool, if I'm thinking about it, would just be one solid like this. It's a four foot pool or it's a five foot pool, unless they're fancy. Oh, see, I don't <laughs> so that's why. Okay. So this is the more socially acceptable way Public of describing pool. way of describing. Okay. Public I don't have a pool. I don't have a pool besides when my pipe exploded the other day. <laughs> <laughs> which was I got my water bill from that thirteen hundred dollars. Oh yeah. my gosh. It was running for who knows how long. Yeah, I know. I was so but pissed were about your it. Plants well um quenched. Everything every well your astroturf have, was well yeah, watered. I'm just glad it didn't get into the house. It was crazy. Yeah, it was literally right before we were leaving to the mile high. So if I wouldn't have caught it before we left, it was an hour before we left, it would have been running all weekend. My house would have been flooded. That's so lucky. I know, crazy. right? Okay, we got a question. Can you talk about how someone builds metabolism to the highest calories possible? Um I think that would be a good question we can go into because that's a long one. I'll go into that in like an Ask Adam question. Okay. Um, but it's going to take, it'll take, it's like, it's like a 10 minute question. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'll go into that when I'll post it up this week. Okay. So um, any other questions here? No? All right, guys. I guess with that, we will leave it here. Happy 4th of July. We're very patriotic here at the team. The gym's red, white, and blue. We love America. America. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll talk to you later.